Hello everyone, and welcome to Two Weirdos, One Podcast, where we talk about everything from true crime, to conspiracies, to aliens, to hauntings, and everything weird. My name is Ashley. And I'm Megan, and we're your two weirdos. Let's go. Oh, are we starting? <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, welcome back to episode 22, Two Weirdos, One Podcast. Three Weirdos, One Podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are here with a special friend of ours, Max, Maximilian, Maxwell, Max. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, it's an honor. <laughs> it's an honor. Yeah, I've never had someone say it's an honor to be on our podcast. Um, our, our one other guest. This is a... <laughs> I'm starting off good then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you were messaging me the other day, and the way you were talking about the podcast, it sounded like you just really wanted to be on it, so I was like, we have to invite Max on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Well, I always think it's, like, interesting when people kind of just, like, decide, like, out of nowhere, like, let's make a podcast. <laughs> and I think, like, it just makes, like, I guess regular day life more exciting, because not only do you have like regular work stuff or like hobbies but mm-hmm. you're also like going into and like you're researching and you're learning about different stuff that normally you wouldn't right mm-hmm. and then you're also bringing it to your audience so i think that's cool yeah our search histories are pretty bad yeah if, if any like <laughs> employer at looked at yeah <laughs> yeah i have to like make sure to not research on <laughs> welcome max <laughs> all right there's frankie outside <laughs> No, but I have to make sure to not do any research, like, on my work computer. I'll right. only do it on my personal computer, <laughs> and then hopefully, like, no one ever looks at my search history, because it's, like, whenever I don't have a story, I have to just search, like, murder stories or, like, <laughs> yeah. serial killers or whatever. <laughs> just whatever, Photos like, of this dead person. <laughs> yeah, whatever, like, random crap. Like, oh, oh the Ed Gein story. Oh. There was, um, <laughs> he made a nipple belt out of some of his victims' bodies, and having to Google that was Yeah, <laughs> it is a belt made weird. of nipples. you got to get yeah. creative with uh, look that up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think we've ever told the story of how we, like, decided to start the podcast. Yeah. It was, it was I remember we were just working out at the gym, and... Yeah. Ash, or, yeah, was it we were, when we were working out? Yeah, we were, we were at the gym. We were just, well, I think this is when we were done. We were, like, just stretching or something at the end. And we were just, like, sitting on the floor. And I was like, hey, want to do a podcast? And I was like, yeah, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> so, so then we did it I'm very unprepared. <laughs> yeah, I think that week, like, you ordered some microphones and then yeah, we still have those microphones. Yeah, in the first episode, <laughs> if you've gotten this far... You've probably listened to our first episode, which was rough. Yeah, we had no clue about audio back then. Yeah, our, our audio was shit. We fixed it after the first one, because everyone was like, we can hear one voice in one ear. <laughs> like, we really could Oh, that had to be so interesting. <laughs> Apparently, it's really to. off-putting when you listen to it in a car. Like, one of our friends was telling me he listened to it in a car, and he, like, heard one voice on one side <laughs> of the car and one on the other. Yeah. It was, yeah, not proud of that. Especially if, like, you did that at night. <laughs> And you're driving by yourself and you just like you think someone's in the back of your yeah. car <laughs> <laughs> it was just, yeah yeah but yeah 22 but, episodes in yeah i think this was the shortest time setting up the microphones today <laughs> it, it took maybe like yeah less than five minutes which is 
nothing short of a miracle, so. <laughs> right, usually it takes a solid, like, half hour. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's always issues, but. We got it this day. time. They're, yeah. they're experts now, and if it takes any longer. <laughs> not acceptable. It's not okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, Max, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Short snippet. Oh my goodness, well. <laughs> Put you right there on the spot. <laughs> and 60 minutes gone. Right. <laughs> um, well, I know Ashley and Jordan from way back when. Yes. Um, in a little place called Sheboygan, Wisconsin, <laughs> where fun is had. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many fun stories that took place in Sheboygan. Yeah. I've never had the pleasure, though, of getting to be there. Well, we'll have to all make a trip. <laughs> well, I will say... I would say going back home with Ashley is probably more fun than like a regular vacation just because of like all the stuff like you have access to and like your house is so fun and like you guys do all these like cool events. Like it's (laughs) like, it's, I've heard about the July 4th parade. It's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we like to have fun, (laughs) especially summers. Summers are a lot of fun. Winters are, you know, winters, but yeah. So we... We know Max from from a long time ago. And yeah, just... and uh, ended up uh, going overseas with the Air Force, and then uh, coincidentally, uh, you guys ended up in Austin, mm-hmm. and I ended up in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And here we are, three years later. I know that was crazy. And now you're That's famous. cool. You all like ended up in Texas, or like and pretty close in Texas right. too. And it just randomly happened, like worked out like that. And you, I remember I came to visit you guys one time and you guys, you were like super into like, you're like, I'm, I'm going to go live in Austin, Texas. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, that's so far away. We don't know anything there. And then you guys did it. And then I was like, oh, hey, I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah. Got, got stationed in San Antonio. So that's pretty cool. It's been a blast. I've been sweating ever since. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so hot. I've, I've only lived in Texas for my yeah. entire life. So the heat is all I know. <laughs> So. Oh my goodness. Sometimes I miss like the nice, I'm still not used to it. Like 60, 65 degree summer days. Yeah. <laughs> summer day? What the heck? Sometimes it's like that. I think in Sheboygan it would only get to like in the 90s like a handful of days. Yeah. And well. then you just wouldn't go outside. Or you go to or <laughs> yeah. you go to the lake or you go to the lake. Yeah. Was, yeah. Except like so when you're at the lake and then like the wind changes and it comes from Michigan and then it gets cold. Then everyone just goes home from the lake. Yeah. (laughs) Goes inside. We're very simple people. (laughs) Live by a strict strict rules of the weather. Warm on lake, cold off lake. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Love it. Although, I can say we have gone jet skiing in sweatshirts before. (laughs) Really? That's crazy. That, I mean, it was in the summer. It was chilly, but we still wanted to go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, anyways, Megan, this week. You have brought yep. up a story. It's my turn. You guys um, are probably sick of hearing my, my voice for two weeks in a row. <laughs> hey, that was a good, good two-part episode, though. Yeah, so what do you got for okay. us this week, Megan? Yeah, so this week I'm going to be sharing about the life of Rodney Alcala. Mm. And Rodney Alcala is a convicted serial killer who murdered at least nine women across the United States in the 1970s. Yikes. Though authorities are still unsure of his true death toll, and some say it could be more than 100 people. 
So a little bit about Alcala. He was actually born in San Antonio, Texas. On <laughs> Shout your, out. Your current hood. Um, on August 23rd, 1943, as Rodrigo Alcala Bucor. <laughs> something really really bad that's the correct correct uh, pronunciation as far as i'm aware that is we're very good at pronunciation on this podcast <laughs> so bad at I, f- it. I feel like with serial killers they always have like very interesting names they do yeah rodney alcala it's i've never heard that last name before rodney's a little bit easier to say so i'm gonna stick with that yeah good old um, rod yeah <laughs> So when he was around eight years old, he, him and his family moved back to Mexico, where shortly after moving, his father abandoned the family. So Sad. rough start for poor Rod. Um, soon after, Rodney, his siblings, and his mother relocated to Los Angeles, where he lived out his childhood and teen years. And at the age of 17, he joined the army. So that was around 1960. But in 1964, he was discharged after suffering a mental breakdown and a military doctor diagnosed him with antisocial personality disorder. <laughs> Jordan? When you, when you come back from your late afternoon walk and you just want to jam out, you know? Jordan just starts blasting music. <laughs> I just hear, I don't know what, it's, what it is when it's so loud. Ashley, have fun cutting this out. <laughs> Yeah, I started to hear it, but I didn't want to end that I know, paragraph. I was like but then I was, but then when I was done, I was like, hoping you would stop. <laughs> You're just about to wave me down, like stop. I was giving you the look. Stop. <laughs> like, you gonna stop there? <laughs> He's always doing. You know, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like he knows. <laughs> nice. I remember when he was. What was it? He was doing really loud. Oh, he was painting. <laughs> so one time we were, we were recording here and Jordan was painting the hallway with like a roller and all he hears, <laughs> I think it was sharing my story and I just got so fed up with it. I was like, Jordan, shut up. I went out there and I was like, I was like, did you just turn it down? And he was just like, oh yeah. He's like, as soon as it went off, I was like, he's like, I know I'm going to get it. <laughs> he knows, but he does it anyways. I know all the time. That was out of his control. Jordan, it's not your fault. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, antisocial personality disorder. Yes. Then, after the Army, he attended California State University and then transferred to UCLA, where he graduated with a fine arts degree in 1968. Hmm. Then, so, he was a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Got a college degree, pretty good education. Um, That same year, he fled California and took up the alias John Berger and <laughs> yep John Berger and enrolled in New York University where he actually took a film class under Roman Polanski who just so happened to be a, another terrible awful person who was indicted on six criminal counts hmm. for having sexual relations with a minor gross so it, i don't know it's just coincidence that those two awful people gross. ended up in the same class so <laughs> a speaker just fell guys <laughs> nothing can go right today. no it's fine it's the ghosts yeah <laughs> yeah so that year when he fled california and changed his name wasn't just for fun um he was actually fleeing his first known criminal act 
So in 1968, a motorist in Los Angeles witnessed him luring an eight-year-old girl named Tally Shapiro into his apartment, and he called the police. The young girl was then found in the apartment, raped and beaten with a steel bar, but unfortunately, unfortunately, Alcala escaped. Dang. So. Well, at least the guy who saw this called the police, unlike... Right. <laughs> yeah, the people that came over to Gertrude's house yeah. and saw abuse and didn't say anything. Right reference to last episode if y'all are interested (laughs) shameless plug um yeah so unfortunately he escaped from that crime scene but if it wasn't for that motorist who knows if she would still be alive um but yeah so at that point he was on the police's radar so he knew he had to get out and then while he was in new york hiding from the authorities for this crime he somehow managed to get a camp counseling job at a New Hampshire arts camp for children under a slightly different alias. Also John Berger, but he like changed the spelling to (laughs) B-U-R-G-E-R instead of B-E-R-G-E-R. So like like a hamburger. hamburger. John Berger. The hamburger. The hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) So it was actually at this job in 1971 where two of the campers noticed Alcala's FBI wanted poster at the local post office and reported it to the camp directors who then reported it to the police Mm -hmm. and they were able to arrest Alcala. Mm. Then he was shipped back to California where he was forced to face his crimes. So unfortunately at this point, Tally Shapiro's family had relocated to Mexico and refused to allow Tally to return to testify against Alcala. So he kind of got off a little easy on this one. And because they didn't have their primary witness there to testify, prosecutors were not able to convict him of rape and attempted murder, which he did commit. So they had to settle for a guilty plea of a lesser charge. Wow. So for... This horrible crime, in total, he only spent 34 months in prison. Um, he was paroled in 1974 under the Indeterminate Sentencing Program, which was apparently very popular around this time, and it allowed offenders to be released as soon as they showed signs of rehabilitation. Hmm. Which... How do you prove that? Exactly. Like, in prison by I not think, fighting? Yeah, any, pretty much any smart person would be able to kind of fake rehabilitation so to get out earlier yeah i mean you see it all the time people i guess they claim to find religion they're a brand new person (laughs) not to say that some people don't and whatnot right i mean like we said if you're trying to fake it that's the image that you want to come off as and it's always crazy to me is like when serial killers like have so many run-ins with the law Mm -hmm. right They've been in and out. It should be well documented. Maybe back in the day, it wasn't as connected across, like mm-hmm. you know, the states and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But just for like him to already be, you know, he already got in trouble for it. That should be like right with like, his with his 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 uh, his such good aliases. <laughs> <laughs> Berger and Berger we found yeah, John Berger. Berger and Berger. Yeah, there's a difference. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll actually see that a lot with his story. Mm. So, you know, he got out after 34 months, so just under three years. And then less than two months later, after getting out, he was arrested again for violating parole for giving marijuana to a 13-year-old girl who claimed she had been kidnapped by him. Well. So big double whammy right right there. So for this, he 
served only another two years, and then was paroled again under that same program. So, <laughs> so strike two, justice right. system. We're really learned it this time. He's like, I'm, I'm really rehabilitated this time. Just right, really great. Um, <laughs> so then, in 1990 or 1977, after his second release, he was at this point a convicted pedophile felon, mm-hmm. um, and somehow managed to get a job at the Los Angeles Times as a typesetter in the midst of their coverage of the Hillside Strangler murders. What? How? 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 <laughs> I don't know. Do they do no background check? That's what I'm thinking the entire time, even with, like, the camp. Like, yeah. Background check. Yeah. Like, how right. did he get a job under this random alias working with children? Right. Like, what are the links you have to go to to solidify that alias and make it, like, a legit... Right, you gotta have some sort of identification, yeah. especially to get, or well, maybe, I don't know, this was back in the 70s, so I don't know what right. it was but like getting a job back then, yeah. but I mean, you gotta have some sort of identification, so. Wild. Yeah, so they they obviously didn't look into his background very well, because I feel like that would be at the very top of right. a background check. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so it, when he was working for the Los Angeles Times... The Hillside Strangler murders were being investigated, and because of his past conviction for sexual assault, the California police interviewed him as a potential subject. However, Alcala was cleared of those crimes, but at the time, the police had no idea that they were actually speaking with a different serial killer, not the one they were looking for. Damn. So he kind of got back in the police's radar, but somehow flew under it anyways again. So, also while he was working for the Los Angeles Times, he did some work as a quote-unquote photographer, and he convinced dozens of young women that he was a professional fashion photographer and photographed them for his portfolio. Oh, God. So, many of the women that came forward Mm -hmm. after, they said that he was very charming, very approachable, made them feel very comfortable Mm -hmm. taking these photos, and the police now fear that some of these photos, they're still unidentified right now. They fear that these could be additional victims. Well, so that's why they're, they think that there's his, more. Yeah, his death toll could be closer to 100 than the nine that he was convicted yeah. of. Because obviously he didn't learn anything from prison. Right, of course. Because he just ends right back up there. Uh-huh. So in September 1978... He actually made an appearance on television on The Dating Game. Oh my god. So, <laughs> yeah. Y'all know about this show? Yeah. I think I know about, I think I literally just read something about this guy the other day and I didn't oh, really? like, yeah, the, like, Dating Game The Dating killer. Game Killer. Yeah. Yeah, that's, this is how <laughs> oh he got gosh. his nickname. Okay, I was like, as soon as he started talking about the photography, I was like, this sounds familiar to what I just kind of, like, read the other day. So I was talking with one of our... One of my other friends, and um, I he was, like, started watching, like, the Epstein documentary, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about it, and then we got into, like, I don't know, somehow we got talking about, like, this guy yeah. a little bit, so that's just funny. Yeah, that is funny. I actually, I found this story because it was an Ask Reddit post about mm-hmm. what's the most, like, one of the most misleading videos you've seen. And it was the video that the person referenced was his appearance on the dating game. And they were like, at this point, they didn't know that 
Rodney Alcala was a serial killer and yeah. ended up on the dating game. Well, I don't know anything else about the story other than that he was on that show. Like, I didn't know, like, yeah. Anything, yeah. any other details or anything. Yeah, his appearance was super weird. I watched the video of it, mm-hmm. and, yeah, he's... He's kind of charming, but also, like, very creepy at the same time. You can tell there's, like, something behind the curtain. Yeah, you can, you can tell. It, just some of his answers were so weird. Um, so on the show, he was, when they introduced him, they introduced him as a, quote, successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the darkroom at the age of 13, fully developed, end quote. <laughs> So this is what they aired on television in the 70s. The whole show is just filled with, like, sexual innuendos and all that kind of stuff. Well, there was, like, I I forgot what show specifically it was, but they had, like, younger kids on it. And they had, it was, like, a a game show. Mm -hmm. And the guy was, like, an old man. And Mm -hmm. he would always, like, he would always, like, come up to a different show. But he would come up to them and he'd always ask them, like a kiss and stuff like that. Mm. Oh, you be a good girl and give Ew. me a kiss and stuff oh, like that. No. And then no, like no, they no. showed that and it just was like that wouldn't even Times were wouldn't... different. Yeah, yeah. that would not fly. <laughs> so, that's yeah. crazy. So um an example of one of the questions. So the woman's name was Cheryl Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. She was interviewing the three bachelors. He was bachelor number one and she asked him what kind of meal he would be which is weird, whatever. But he answered, quote, I'm called the banana, and I look really good. Peel me. End quote. (laughs) Is he a snack? I don't know. It's just weird. Then another question she asked was asking, like, what's his favorite time? And he responded with nighttime. And he's like... Killed it. He's like, nighttime is the only time. It's the best time. And she's like, well, what's wrong with the daytime? He's like... It just doesn't compare to nighttime. That's when all the good stuff happens. Ew. Just like, oh yeah, goodness. just so weird. He's a tryhard. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was really going for it. Um, so, but in the end, all of his charm and whatever um, won him a date with Bradshaw. So she what? actually ended up picking him. What a weird and bad choice, lady. Right, but she realized when she met him face to face that he was giving off a really creepy vibe and ended up not going on the date Smart. good for her so still alive follow her, right, follow which, her intuition <laughs> right which it could have like if they had gone on that date who knows right. if she might have been his next victim because they i think the date was they were going to be given like professional tennis lessons and then they were going to like get some tennis clothes and then go to magic mountain or something like that so huh. <laughs> i don't know like the disney ride hmm What's Magic Mountain? Oh, it's like an amusement park or something. Oh, okay. In California. I that too. <laughs> I, oh, I was maybe I was thinking of like Splash Mountain. What a what a <laughs> what an unusual date. Right. <laughs> like, I like, let's go learn tennis that. and then ride what? roller coasters. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like a, a high school date. Yeah. But right. anyways, good for Cheryl. She saw right through his through his act when she saw him face to face. Yeah. But yeah, so at this point, like, I guess obviously they didn't do a background check on him Mm -hmm. because he was still a convicted child molester. So I don't think you would want to let that kind of guy on your show. Right, exactly. A dating show. Right. Talk about like a, like, okay, this is going to be problematic. (laughs) Uh, 
his life is pretty insane. Like, minus the the crimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, that's like a fulfilling life. He was on a game show. He got multiple <laughs> careers. College. Moved right. around. Yeah. And the alias change. Interesting. Right. Then the like rest you, of it. Like, if only he had used it for good. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> you didn't have to be a murderer. Yeah. But, unfortunately, he was. So, almost a year later after his appearance on The Dating Game... It was June 20th, 1979, when 12-year-old Robin Samso went missing during her walk from the beach to her ballet class. And 12 days later, her body was found in the foothills of L.A. Mm. So, Alcala was connected to these crimes by, um, he actually had her earrings in a locker that he rented, and... Somehow the police were able to make the connection between them. Yeah. And when they searched his property, they found her earrings. And that's how they were able to convict him of the crime. Wow. So then in 1980, he was tried, convicted, and sentenced to death for Samso's murder. But his conviction was overturned because the judge allowed the jury to hear about the Tally Shapiro case and his other rape and kidnapping convictions. So... A misstep by the judge right. caused this to be overturned and of not stick. Wow. But um, then in 1986, he went through trial again and was convicted for a second time, sentenced to death for a second time, but then the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals panel overthrew his conviction once again, partially because a witness was not allowed to support Alcala's contention that the park ranger who found Samso's body had been, quote, hypnotized by police investigators. Wow. What? So because they, it sounds like they didn't let this witness talk about his that claim, which is a little outlandish yeah. as well. Like leading the witness, so they were essentially asking him questions of like, they were giving him the answers of the questions rather than, like, having him explain stuff, I guess. Which yeah. probably connected. Right. They kind of did that in, like, making uh, to um, make, making a murderer yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. that show was. Where, like, that little kid or the, the kid who had, like, a low IQ. Yeah, right. basically, like, this is what happened, right? And then the kid eventually was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. he realized that the police would liked when he agreed with them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's bs in this situation yeah right because that hypnotized by police investigators that's this guy has a background and they know it like it's in his like they can see what he's done in the past or well i mean they couldn't bring that up because and that's how the first case was overturned yeah but um yeah so that one didn't stick but thankfully there was a third trial so they kept up with it and this one actually occurred in the 2000s so this whole time he's incarcerated yeah thankfully um he wasn't able to go potentially harm more people but um while prosecutors were preparing for their third trial in 2003 orange county investigators learned that alcohol's dna which because of advancements in technology mm-hmm. they took a sample and it was on record now it matched semen that was left at two other rape murder scenes in Los Angeles. Wow. So new technology was able to connect him to two new crimes. Yeah. Dang. And then in addition, there was 
another pair of earrings that was found in the locker where they found uh, Samso's earrings. And the DNA from that pair matched the DNA of one of these victims that they now connected him to. So not only did they have his DNA at the scene, but they had DNA from one of the victims in his possession. Right. In addition to that, in 2004, they found more cases that were connected to him by DNA. So there are four additional women that were connected. So the first one is Jill Barkond, who was 18 at the time. She was killed in 1977 and was originally thought to be a victim of the Hillside Strangler. Okay. Then there was Georgia Wixted, who was 27, who was found bludgeoned in her Malibu apartment in 1977. Charlotte Lamb, who was 31, was raped and strangled in El Segundo in 1978. And then Jill Parentau, who was 21 and killed in her Burbank apartment in 1979. So, based on this timeline, at the time he was on that dating show, mm-hmm. he had killed at least two to three women. And no. was still just walking around as a member yeah. of society. Right. But, you know, thanks to advancements, he was... yeah found connected to these so this all happened that all happened in like the 70s right mm-hmm. yeah and he was finally convicted in 2003 yeah that's insane yeah was he he was in prison that time like waiting for his trials mm-hmm. okay yeah he was so i don't think they'd give him bail either right yeah hope not <laughs> even though the the trial you know got overturned mm-hmm. yeah he's still in prison So then once they had all this new information, prosecutors entered a motion to join the SAMHSA charges with the four newly discovered Mm -hmm. victims and try him for all five counts at the same time. So in 2006, that was granted. They were allowed to do it. And then in 2009, Alcala stood trial once again. So he's no... (laughs) He's very familiar. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting is like it can get overturned just because because he was convicted for those past crimes. Yeah. So I feel like you should be able to bring that up as talking mm-hmm. about like his 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 past, what kind of character he is, because yeah. he was found guilty of those. It's not like those are like ongoing cases. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like that's interesting because like if I got in trouble for whatever vandalism, and then I have three other counts mm-hmm. of vandalism before and i was like i don't know what you're talking about what yeah. is this vandalism you'd be like, like well, i won't do it again right but you've already done it three other times yeah. what's to like, say you won't do it again i feel like that's important especially for a jury yeah it definitely hear. plays into like yeah shows a consistent pattern of behavior mm-hmm. yeah exactly but i don't i don't know how all that tends to work <laughs> we're not lawyers here <laughs> <laughs> true but yeah so now it's 2009 It's been going on for a long time, but at this trial, Alcala actually acted as his own attorney, and (laughs) 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 yeah, I don't know. He maybe no one wanted to represent him at this point. Didn't Bundy like (laughs) represent himself? Yeah, he was. He also was going to school to become a lawyer. Yeah, he was. Oh, so he had a little bit of experience. Yeah, no, he was still in school. He was not officially a lawyer yet. (laughs) Just wild. Better than Alcala, who had a fine arts degree, <laughs> which right. has nothing to do with law, but, right. you know, he did, and 
The only evidence that he offered in his defense was that at the time that uh, Samso was kidnapped, he was at Knott's Berry Farm. Mm. Other four cases, he didn't have anything to say, no defense, anything to say about it. Yeah. He just said, I didn't do this one because I was at the berry farm. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Knott's Berry Farm? Isn't that a theme park? I don't know, honestly. I was thinking about the wine. Like, Boone Farm or whatever. Like, what kind of wine is that? Knott's Berry Farm is a... It is a theme park. Yeah. Yeah, it's a theme park. He's like, he's like, I was waiting for uh, whatever my date was to show up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl Bring it back to the... (laughs) He must have liked the theme park. She stood me up. Yeah, they even mentioned, like, when he was on the dating show that he liked um, skydiving and motorcycles and okay. daring things. Yeah, so extreme sports or whatever. So, yeah. Adrenaline junkie. A little bit, yeah. So, I don't know. What's a grown the, man uh, doing at an amusement park? The, but... the, the rides didn't do enough. He had to <laughs> take it a step, many steps further. Yeah. So, that was his only defense there. He's like, nah, I was riding roller coasters and that <laughs> happened, but... The other four, he knew he's kind of screwed there. DNA evidence, you know, there's not much you can defend there. So um, during the trial, prosecutors brought up some of the, I guess, acts that he performed on the murder victims. Mm. And apparently he would toy with his victims by strangling them until they lost consciousness, then waiting until they woke up and repeating this process several times before finally killing them wow so very like traumatizing yeah messed up guy no remorse yeah so they you know definitely trying to get him the death penalty at this point Mm -hmm. that's what they were pushing for and thankfully this time he was convicted on all five counts and it wasn't overturned (laughs) so um surprisingly tally shapiro who was alcohol's first known victim Mm -hmm made a surprise appearance at this trial and testified against him. Wow. So she finally got a chance to yeah. testify against the man that... Redemption. Yeah. That did some awful things to her when she was only eight years old. So then, March 2010, Alcala was sentenced to death for the third time. Because the the the, those other two convictions, they, yeah, convi- yeah, they sentenced him to death. Yeah. But, yeah, this time, it stuck. But, um... Unfortunately, he's still alive and on death row because oh California has put a stop to executions currently. I was going to ask because it's only, um, was it Florida? I know for sure. And then like, I believe. <laughs> of course it's Florida. Te- I, think, I think Texas, we have. Uh... I mean, the death penalty is a thing here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's very like few states, yeah. I think, actually like do it. Otherwise, they just keep you whatever, in a certain part of jail. Like like you said, death row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, just, just do it already, man. <laughs> yeah, They but... think it's inhumane, and it's like, but these people, like, also but they murdered other people. Yeah. hurt many people, and that was more inhumane. Like, just put them down. Yeah. At the very <laughs> least, while he's sitting there on death row, he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Right. So whether that ends of natural causes or mm-hmm. lethal injection, you know, I feel he's like, not getting out of prison. I feel like a lot of times with these, like, terrible, terrible people, somehow karma always comes down and gets them somehow. <laughs> right. Like, some, they die of some awful disease, like, yeah. really painful deaths. Yeah. If he yeah. was in, like, regular, like, general population, 
he would be dealt with. Oh, oh yeah, for especially sure. for his crimes against children. Yeah. yeah. yeah he wouldn't so. last long there. But yeah, then, so that was 2010. And then in 2016, they just kept finding more charges against mm. him due to the DNA. Yeah. So in 2016, he was charged with the 1977 killing of Christine Ruth. And this actually happened in Wyoming. So he multiple states, yeah. so New York, Wyoming, and California that we know of. But uh, prosecutors opted not to extradite him to stand trial. So he's pretty old at this point. Yeah. And they didn't want to send him out to Wyoming to stand trial again. He's already on death yeah. row. So they decided not to do that. And then they also believe that he killed Pamela Lamson in the San Francisco Bay Area in the fall of 1977. But the DNA collected at the crime scene was too degraded to test, so he was never officially charged. Mm. But... You know, it just seems like they keep finding more and more as they're looking into more of these cold cases. And, you know, because of all the photos he took and all the interactions he had with dozens of women, Mm -hmm. they think that those could be connected to other cases that they just don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how, like, they can have DNA from that long ago and just hold on to it. And then with newer technology, like with the the Golden State Killer, Mm -hmm. like they... They finally figured out who it was and got him right after that so so long. Yep. So good old Rodney. He's been incarcerated since 1979 when he was arrested for Samso's murder. Yeah. So he's been there a long time. Yeah. He doesn't know what like an iPhone is. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> he doesn't no. know what like a laptop is. He's just living yeah. in his little bubble in there. Um, but during his lengthy time in prison. He actually wrote a book in 1994 called You the Jury, where he asserts his innocence in the mm. Samso case. Mm-hmm. So he's really stuck on this one. Just the one. Just the <laughs> one. He know, He's like, yeah, I did all the others, but this one I'm innocent and it really matters. Oh my gosh. So he wrote a whole book on it um, with, I guess, all his time. And then <laughs> yeah. also... Right, what else do you yeah, have to do? Also with that time, he decided to file two lawsuits against the California penal system. Nice. First one for a slip and fall claim. <laughs> I feel like no one cares. <laughs> and then, oh no, but the second one, he filed a lawsuit because they failed to provide him a low-fat diet. <laughs> Oh my god! Be like, bro, you don't get to choose. At this point, about, you're you're eating the prison food. It right. does not matter. I just think about like impact, like on himself and or overall quality of life. And it's like, <laughs> right. Yeah, he was just he about? was just trying for anything at this yeah. point. Like we're trying to feed you a fatty diet so you get heart disease and die <laughs> sooner. I think it's almost like punishment enough that like even if he didn't do the one. He he's so stuck on being like I didn't do that one like that's his life yeah now. right like, he's yeah I mean you are you raped and beat an eight year old but okay maybe you didn't kill a twelve year old but still you're just you right. know hung up on his I swear to God <laughs> I'm rehabilitated and I didn't do this one that, for that for that one week I was like so good <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so today I was looking it up and he's still alive. He's in California State Prison at the ripe old age of 77. Still kicking. So, yeah, he's just an old man in prison now. Mm. But that is the story of Rodney Alcala, the wow. dating game killer. Gross. My boy yeah. Burger. 
John Berger. Berger. <laughs> well, that was a good story, Megan. Yeah, that was cool that you had heard about it this week. Yeah, That's it so was, weird that it came up. It was literally like a couple nights ago. I was talking with Trevor about it. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I didn't know any details about it. I just, like, came across it and didn't, like, mm-hmm. read into it. But, yeah, so I'm glad now I know. Yeah, now you got the whole backstory. The deep dive. Well, Max, thanks for joining us this thanks, week. Thanks for having me. It was a interesting story. And yeah. Well, next maybe, time yeah. next time you're here or whatever, we'll have to have you on again. Yeah, definitely. Cool. I'm down. <laughs> now you're going to have to listen to this episode and listen to your own voice. It's going to be That's awful. That's one of the worst parts, yeah. honestly, but you, you get numb to it eventually. Yeah. Like, you're just it, like, it yeah, was, it's fine. That's, it was it is so it weird is. at first. Yeah. But now it's pretty normal. Yeah, but thank you guys for listening. Um, If you want to see some photos of Rodney, I'll be posting those on our Instagram, Two Weirdos, One Podcast. Uh, We also have an email. If you are old school and want to send us an email, twoweirdosonepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think about this story. And, yeah, tune in next week for another one. Also, I got a shout-out to our... Romania followers. Oh yeah, four percent of our listeners are from Romania. Yeah, so shout out cool. to you guys. More than Canada. <clears throat> Canada. Canada. <laughs> we still love you, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. We we wanna we wanna come into your country one of these days when when we can go back. Yeah. If Trump gets reelected, please <laughs> send me to Canada. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. See you.